0: Welcome to the Convergence Podcast, and thank you for joining us. As a church community, we are consecrating the first 21 days of the new year to the Lord with fasting and prayer. Our lead pastor, Greg Seamus, gives us an encouraging and strategic message that will help set our expectation for the fast. We pray that what is shared in this message stirs passion in your hearts and brings you closer to the Father. So Matthew, I mean, Mark chapter 9, verse 14. I just want to read to you uh, a story of um, how Jesus delivered somebody. And then I want us to flip to Matthew 16. And then, um, then I want us to hit that worksheet. So that's, that's the, kind of the plan for this morning. Verse 14. And when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. Isn't that hilarious? Anyway, teachers of the law. Okay. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. I mean, there's so much there. Verse 16, "What uh, what are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you... My son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Verse 19, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long? Shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw, when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. It's interesting he doesn't, doesn't say when the boy saw Jesus. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. That's quite a scene, isn't it? I don't know if you've ever encountered someone who's been demon-possessed, but it's real. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, "He has often thrown him into fire or water uh, to kill him but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Everyone say amen to that. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, He rebuked the impure spirit. says, you deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. I really can't find in Scripture where Jesus actually prayed for. He commanded. And he declared. The spirit shrieked convulsed him violently, and came out. Now, I don't know how long that is. I don't know how long that was. I think it was momentary. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. Can you imagine that? Verse 28, after Jesus had gone indoors his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind can come out only by prayer and fasting. This kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. This kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. I do believe it's prayer and fasting. Some translations We'll say fasting came later. I do think it's prayer and fasting. It's my personal opinion. <clears throat> so Jesus didn't have set aside a three-day fasting and prayer session before he delivered the boy. Jesus didn't have 21 days of fasting and prayer before he delivered the boy. Jesus lived the lifestyle of prayer and fasting in such a way that when something like this came up, he was already in position to bring deliverance to that, to that boy and bring healing to, to the entire family. I believe that we are supposed to live this lifestyle of fasting and prayer. I think that that what we see, and there's so much in this story, right, that we could talk about, but what I want to submit to you guys and just, this morning is that the kingdom of God is governmental. That the kingdom of God is um, not a church building. It's actually releasing the government of God into people's lives. The kingdom of God, the fuel of the kingdom of God is certainly prayer. Prayer is the foundation to see the reality of the kingdom of God expressed on the earth. In other words, we'll see more fruit when we pray more. We'll see more power released when we pray and fast. Now, this is just not releasing the power of God into the life of a demonized or a demon-filled young boy. This is about releasing the power of God into every area of our lives so much so that that we're changed and so much so those that we are around that God has put us in, the assignment that we're in, the workplace that we're in, the family that we're in, the friends that God has given us, all these things that are around us, we have now the authority to move in this grace and power and actually to bring and establish the kingdom of God on the earth and in people's lives. What I wanted you to see this morning is that these only come out through prayer and fasting. So I want you to take a moment, and I want you to think about, because I like to throw myself into the story, right? So there's the disciples. There's this demon-possessed boy. There's this father who's desperate, and they probably tried everything, right? Shaka-laka-laka, and, you know, come out of there. And they probably were yelling and screaming, in the name of Jesus, what's your, you know, what's your name? Like, like they... They were do whatever they, whatever they were doing, you know, they could probably got louder and louder and louder because they think that if you shout it out, it'll come out, right? So that's what we do. Our hair stands straight up and we're just like, you know, and we're screaming and, and these disciples are like, this should be working. And, and you can almost get this picture of sheer frustration where they tried, they tried, they tried and this father just wants his boy healed right i mean you got to understand the heart of a father right or a parent like this this demon has seized their son and so this guy brings the this his boy to the disciples who are walking with Jesus and they're trying everything to cast it out and all of a sudden Jesus shows up and Jesus didn't spend i i'm i'm only reading like one sentence like he gets he gets upset at the spirit that's speaking through the boy, and he says, I, I command you to come out of him. Just like that. And he promised that we would do greater works. But the, but the, 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 the hinge on this miracle is prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is not a religious duty. Prayer and fasting gives us access to greater things. Prayer and fasting releases miracles. Prayer and fasting moves into our lives to create breakthrough. Prayer and fasting changes things. Turn to Matthew 16. I had a whole different plan coming out today. And I haven't touched any of it. Like I said, I get so much during worship. I'm not texting people when I grab my phone. Like, what's PG doing? I, I am getting downloads. So that's just, does anyone do that? Do you get downloads when, in, anyway. I'm probably one of the weirdest dudes on the planet. All right. All <clears> right. <throat> Matthew 16, 13. And when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that your name is Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. How many want the keys? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Now I felt like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we really dived into Matthew. I think we spent, I don't even know how many weeks, just in this portion of Scripture. And I want us to, I want us to be reminded again in the context of who we are as the church. And if you looked at Matthew sixteen eighteen, again, this is, this is review for many of us, but for some, it's the first time. If you look at Matthew sixteen eighteen, 18, um, Peter gets the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And, he, and Jesus says, based on that revelation, I want to build something. Now, it's going to be imperative for us to know exactly what he's building. Because I don't want to be building something he's not building. I want to be aligned with what Jesus is building, so if i if I miss what he 's building, though i 'm faithful to god i 'm not going to be as effective as I could be in building what He is building. In other words, Jesus is on a building project and so and so we see here in Matthew sixteen verse eighteen that that Jesus is talking about not the, quote, church. He's using another word, and that word is ecclesia. Now, the Passion Translation is the only translation that gets it right. Our friend Brian Simmons, he says, I will build my church, and then he has a hyphen next to it, and he says, my legislative assembly. So the kingdom of God, what Jesus is establishing on the earth, is his government. What we associate as a church, and though it's awesome to come together as a body and to meet weekly, but really, ministry is supposed to be done outside the walls. And we can all feel, we all like, yes, amen, we, we got that. But what we do is we measure success by attendance and not so much by influence. And how much is the kingdom of God being expanded in our region? So, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 talks about, I think it's 6 9 or 9 6. I always seem to forget, but 9 6 talks about Jesus coming and the government will be on on his shoulders. So, when Jesus was born, there was a government on his shoulders. You didn't see it, but he came as the Messiah. And it's really important that we understand. What Christ means, it means king, and it means deliverer. So what's important for us as we break into the new year is that we have to understand that God's kingdom is governmental, and he wants to destroy the works of darkness. Not permit it, not live with it, but actually be a change agent in regard to it. That, that means that, that we should expect breakthrough in our life. We should expect deliverances in our life. We should, be, we should expect laying hands on the sick and they'll be whole. Those are not things that we should put out in the future. It's not something that we actually think someone else can do. It's actually he's given us the authority to step into that reality and do those things. In other words, he set the example of what the supernatural life is all about. Really, the normal Christian life is. The normal Christian life is a is a life where we actually destroy the works of darkness and we bring kingdom light. But some things only come out through prayer and fasting. What's what's important about this revelation in Matthew sixteen, eighteen, is that Jesus was standing before the gates of Hades. And the gates of Hades were not cute gates with pearly the gates of Hades was actually the rock. If you've been to Israel, you know the big the big open mouthed cave. That's where they believe that uh, the powers of darkness came in and out in the world. Hades actually means death. So it was a, is a, it was a Greek god, you know, there's Poseidon, and then there's another one. And then, there's, then there's Hades. Hades is the god of the underworld, the god of death. So here's Jesus. He's standing with his 12 disciples he takes them to the, he takes them to the, the furthest place, or probably the darkest region in all the world, the most demonically infested region. No rabbi would even step close to the, the gates of Hades. Now we tour the gates of Hades. But no rabbi would step close to the gates of Hades. They would be declared unclean. And here's Jesus taking his 12 millennial disciples up to the gates of Hades, and he's going to release two of the greatest New Testament revelations. The revelation that he is the Christ was revealed at the gates of Hades, not in the temple. And he also releases that we are the church. He's building the church at the gates of Hades. He didn't say it in the confines by the gate beautiful. He says it at the gates of Hades. So where where are we to posture ourselves at those gates? We are to bring the kingdom. Here's our assignment. We are to bring the kingdom through the gates of Hades. Now, here's what's important for us to understand. First of all, let me just say some things only come out through prayer and fasting. The scripture says that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. It says in scripture that Jesus now holds the keys. He purchased our salvation. He's defeated the enemy. Can can somebody say amen? He's defeated the enemy, and that's just not a good theological point. That's a life-changing point. That means he's positioned us to be successful. He's positioned us to have access to. He's given us the power by the Holy Spirit who now indwells in believers and now we have the same access to what he had access to. Unto what? Unto a changed life that brings glory to God. Unto defeating the powers of darkness through kingdom light. So Jesus now has the keys and we have access to those keys. Some things only come out through prayer and fasting. Now he hasn't given me all the keys. I have access to the keys. That means there is a co-laboring with Jesus and with me to access keys that he paid for, and I have access to, to bring the revelation of God's kingdom and the life-changing agent of God's kingdom to the world. Some things only come out through prayer and fasting. So if Jesus has all the keys, and I have access to those keys prayer and fasting gains, gives me access, greater access to the keys of the kingdom. So that means that the devil doesn't have any keys. So now he stands behind gates, keyless. So what's the gate in front of you? What's the breakthrough you're looking for? What's the one thing, two things, three things that you can, you can go to God for in the next 21 days to gain access to keys and partner with God to bring breakthrough? Well, what's binding and loosing? That's always a strange term, isn't it? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you bind... I was so confused with that for so many years. It was so weird. And here's my cause I like to make it simple. Anyone in my I think the 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 number one quality of any scholar is to make something simple. I don't mind talking deep theology but if i can't explain it to a 6 year old that makes sense so when we so when we bring heaven we bring light we loose heaven and when we loose heaven darkness is bound so it puts us on the offensive And in these 21 days, this is the time where we're we're kind of tucking ourselves in with the Lord and we're asking for, you know, we're asking to be the change, not for someone else to change the world, but for us to be the change. Because we keep looking for others to change the world. And so what's important is that we are the change agents because we have the spirit of God living inside of us, the Godhead living inside of us. We are fully empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit, and it's time for the church, the ecclesia, to be the change. Didn't Jesus say you're the salt of the earth? Didn't Jesus say you're the light on a hill? Didn't Jesus say, hey, don't take the candle and put it under a basket? What's he saying? He's saying, be the change. That's in front of us. So we want, to, we want to take these 21 days. We want to set them aside. We want to lay a foundation today. And I'm, you know what? I, I think that Jesus was probably the most joyful person on the planet. Honestly. I mean, we need to see more pictures and paintings of Jesus actually smiling, hanging out with his disciples. Because the joy of the Lord is our if you, have the, if you have the spirit of God without measure, how can you not have joy? I mean, really. Like here in, in Mark chapter 9, he's getting pretty ticked off, not at the boy, not at the father, not even at his disciples. He's getting upset at the enemy who's actually overtaking this child, and he says enough is enough. But he can still cast it out with joy. So 21, my voice is cracked, 21 days of fasting and prayer doesn't mean that we have to put on sackcloth and ashes. Jesus actually condemned that. He said the religious leaders are the ones that dress themselves up to let you know they're fasting and prayer. They're fasting and they're praying so they can be seen by men. But the Lord says, go into the prayer closet. Tuck yourself away and your father sees you. Be filled with joy in the 21-day journey. Oh, come on now. Where does the joy come from? The Lord. So if I take my 21 days and I consecrate them and I bring them to the Lord and I'm in the presence of God, how can I not be filled with the joy of the Lord? You guys okay? Is this okay? Anyway, first sermon of the decade. Oh, excuse me. First sermon of the next 10 years. Wow, that's still throwing me, man. Here's my humble opinion, and then we'll get to the worksheet. Humble opinion is that I don't think people want to do church anymore. wow, that's a strong statement. I think they want to live for something more. I think they want to see lives changed. I think they want to see the power of God released. I think they want to see the kingdom of God be established in our nation. I think, I think we have the DNA of heaven in us. If we're born again, we, we're locked into Christ's DNA. It's that spiritual DNA that's inside of us. And I think the closer you get to to Jesus, the more we want to change the world for his sake. Oh, come on now. You guys all right? So in the next 21 days, I want to challenge you to go for it with joy, to consecrate yourself in love, and to believe God for breakthrough. To draw near to the Father's heart. What 21 days does for me, each year, it just realigns my priorities. When I get in the presence of the Lord, the things I thought were important don't seem as important. The things that I am personally pursuing, sometimes the Lord rearranges the table. It's my time that I set aside where I can say, I give access to the Father to speak to me. Now, I give him access all the time, but there's actually this, when when I lock in on 21 days, I pray more, I read the word more, I do less, and I do more of, I feast on the word. It's consecrated. It's not a diet. It's not changing. It's not so much, you know, I can't wait for these 21 days because I got to drop 10. I mean, I can't wait for the 21 days. Now, I understand there's a side of that where you consecrate it, but just make sure that you set your motives and your heart right in the 21 days. Let the drop 10 be the blessing of the 21 days, not the focus of the 21 days, You know the holidays, come on now. All right, so let's go ahead and get to the worksheet because I want to be done in 10 minutes. You guys, hopefully, you're getting excited. And this is actually to be filled out with a pen. Remember that? A pen or a pencil. And if you want a PDF copy, we can provide that for you for all the, anyway, yes. <clears throat> so here you see step one, the next page, step two. Then, and then turn the page and you say, put it all together. Did everyone see that? All right. So I'm going to be on the front page here. It says our corporate focus for fasting and prayer this year is to be the change. Be the change in our lives, which I want to preach on next week. In the lives of our family, which is the third, second or third, whatever week it is. And then the last week, be the change in the world. Each Sunday, we'll emphasize one of these areas. So join us. Everyone say amen. In addition to our corporate focus, it's essential to determine what our own personal focus will be during the 21-day fast. Here are a few questions you can ask that will help you establish a personal focus. Everyone say personal focus. Ask this, of course, not limited to, just you can ask this to to begin with. What is important to the Lord? In other words, when you start your 21-day fast, my first question is, Father, what is on your heart that I can begin to pray and fast for and I just want to align my heart with your heart. So I'm asking him, is it the ending of abortion? What's, what's close to his heart that I can partner with in the 21 days that I partner with? Not so much, it could be a different answer for you. But it could be something It could be that or it could be something else. It might be two or three things, but I'm posturing myself first, not on what I want. It's like, what do you want? How can I align my heart with yours? It's important that we pray his heart. So that's the first question. How can I partner with his heart in fasting and prayer during these 21 days? The next question is the second box. Second, after asking the first question, then you can ask, what's important to me? What's on my heart? What do I want to fast and pray about for the next 21 days? Is it my prodigal son? My prodigal kids? Is it financial breakthrough? Is it promotion? Is it consecration, godly lifestyle? Is it, it could be a number of things. But you, you, you bring those to the Lord, and I would really suggest writing it down. Just not thinking about it. Like, write it down. Even if that's a beginning point. It can only be two or three things. Just write it down. All right? So those are two simple questions you can ask to kind of get the ball rolling. And I would ask those questions today. Or if not, for sure, tomorrow, tomorrow night, somewhere around there, next day or two. Because we're, we're starting tonight, like, Starting, and we go. We're we're done January 26th. I think it's a Sunday, January 26th. And so on these 21 days, we've had services where it's just been all worship. Like these 21 days, it's just about the presence. People, there's something about when we gather corporately to fast and pray, there's a heightened spiritual atmosphere when people come in on Sunday morning. I mean, people are dialed in. In fact, scientifically, when you fast and pray, when you eat food, blood rushes to your stomach to help digest the food. When you fast and pray, you actually keep the blood in your brain. You actually are sharper. You think clearer. You, you have more discernment. Just in the scientific. Isn't that interesting? Number two, make your commitment. Everyone say commitment. <laughs> We fast from something to feast on something. So when I'm fasting, I should be feasting. And I'm not talking about food. So what will, what will you be fasting from? And let me just give you a few things here. Fasting from food. There's a Jewish fast, which you don't eat until sunset. Is that good news? Because the sun goes down at 4.30. That's way better than the summer when the sun doesn't go down until 9. Some people are already circling that one. There's the Daniel fast, which is fruits and vegetables. The next one, C, is water and juice fast, or no sweets and no meats. I don't know where we picked that up, but anyway... That's kind of like the Jewish fast any, anyway, no sweets, no meats. Some guys are like, no, that's the worst thing on, that could ever happen. The next one, skip one meal a day or skip two meals a day. And the purpose of skipping a meal is so that you can pray. The purpose of skipping a meal is that you can read your Bible. The purpose of skipping the meal is you're, you're taking the time that you would use for eating and you're actually sowing into kingdom. Or E, you can create any combination or create your own, just however the Holy Spirit leads you. So there's fasting from food, and some things that are even more, a little more difficult is fasting from distractions. So people have actually said 21 days, I'm fasting from all social media. See you in 21 days. So they they fast from Instagram, They fast from Facebook. They fast from all the, instead of like going on their phone and they're like, you know, looking at all the Instagrams or hopefully they're opening up their Bibles and they're reading their Bibles on their phone. Fasting from distractions. I've had people who have fasted from TV, fasted from all, like movies. The Star Wars movies is out. You've already seen it. Now you can go into the next 21 days, like... So you can fast from media, you can fast from social media, and even fasting from activities. Things that would ch- take up a, a chunk of your time, you want to consecrate that time and give that to the Lord in 21 days. So we can fast from food or you can fast from distractions, and there's a box underneath there. And just what are you what are you fasting from? Next page. What specifically will you fast on? So there's two, two areas there. Oh, I'm sorry, feast on, sorry. The word, how much time will you devote each day to reading the Bible? That's a good question. Remember that that is your spiritual food. Fasting and prayer is, is food in the spirit. So you want to feast on spiritual food as you fast, natural food. So the word, how much will you devote in the, in the Bible? How will you, A, how will your Bible reading increase during the fast? What is your Bible reading? What in your Bible reading do you want more revelation on? In other words, that could be, I want, I want more revelation on faith. I want more revelation on miracles. I want more revelation on financial breakthrough. I want more revelation. I want more revelation. I'm bringing these to the Lord. And then see what portions of scripture do you want to read? Man, in these 21 days, I I want to read the gospel of John twice. These 21 days, I want to read through the entire New Testament. In these 21 days, I want to read Leviticus. No. Um, (laughs) In these 21 days, maybe Leviticus, I don't know. These 21 days, whatever it is. Now, there's great Bible reading. This is extremely practical. Amen? So there's like, you can go to Bible.com. They actually have Bible reading plans for 21 days of fasting and prayer. So you can, get, you can go that route if you want. You can find a Bible reading plan, 21 days fasting and prayer. I do think they have that. They still have that. Um, or they have five days on fasting and prayer. They have. So you have tons of resources in front of you electronically. And then go ahead in the box below, write your insights to the questions. So, and I would do it by faith. Just write it by faith. If you feel like I want to read the the book of James twice or I want to study uh, Romans chapter six, seven, and eight. I just want to dive in. In these 21 days, I'm going to consecrate myself. I want to understand what adoption means. I want to understand what it means to live as a son and daughter. I want to understand like these are great access points to getting into the word. The second one is in prayer. How much time will you devote? to prayer each day. So increase your prayer time. Now for me, I could pray without ceasing, right? Like I live in that place of communing with God, but I do schedule my time with the Lord and my time with the Lord is in the morning because when I get inside the church building and I get, in, I get going with life, I have things coming at me all the time. So for me personally, just Spending time with the Lord in a quiet in the quiet place, alone time with God is so, I don't know, it replenishes me and it gets me ready for ministry. So just because you're in full time ministry doesn't mean you're connected to God. Anyway, you can be so busy doing ministry that you're disconnected from the Godhead while you even do ministry. And I'm not talking that the presence of God isn't here. It's just that you need, to, you need to get filled up here. Right? So increase your prayer time. Allow prayer to be your personal time with the Father. Realize that your time with the Father is to be enjoyable and real. Can we say amen? Pray from your heart as the Holy Spirit leads you, and also pray in the Spirit. So I mean, if you pray in tongues. I mean... Instead of listening to all the, all the political stuff on your way to work, put on worship. Instead of listening to sports talk radio, put the Word of God in on your iPhone, right? Or your Samsung, whatever you have. I don't want to cause a church, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> so in the box below, create a short list of what you sense your Heavenly Father wants you to pray about or pray into. I mean, you could be praying for breakthrough for your, it, just whatever it is that God has laid on your heart. And he's a good, good father, right? Next page. You'll see a box. You see that box? It says, so now it's like put it all together. So now we're taking our answers and we're kind of like the things that we work through. Now we're going to try and put it on a, on a sheet of paper here. And once you fill it out, you can just take a snapshot, a picture of it. Put it on your iPhone, uh, Samsung, sorry. <laughs> put it on your smart device, all right, your iPad, whatever. And then now you have your focus in front of you the whole time. I would also suggest you just take this and put this in your Bible as a reminder that you have it, all right? So my corporate focus is what we're all going after, and we'll be hitting this each and every, every Sunday. I just really encourage you, man. Try and, I know that we all have schedules, but try and be here each and every Sunday through the fast. As I go, I will, I will be the change in my own life. I will be the change in the lives of my family and friends, and I'll be the change in the world for God's glory. Right in my personal focus, right in I'm fasting from, it could be two meals a day, it could be whatever it is that you're fasting from, like food, entertainment, whatever. And then I'm fe- I'm feasting on. What am I feasting on? I'm feasting on reading the Bible, you know, 30 minutes a day. I'm feasting on studying one scripture for 30 minutes a day. You know, one verse. I'm just going to soak myself in this one verse. Uh, and I have 21 verses I want to soak myself in in the next 21 days. I'm going to take one verse. I'm going to soak on that on Tuesday. The next verse, I'm going to soak on this, you know. And if you feel like, spontaneously spirit-led and you want to do point-and-shoot and and that's what God says, you know point-and-shoot, right? So it's kind of like, okay, Lord, you know. um, I don't know if I suggest that because I just hit Jeremiah. And, um, yeah, man, and, you know, what's that word? So you guys want to know? Oh, okay, anyway. uh, I I, I read down because I didn't like the first one. See, you know, it's just... I didn't like that one, so I read down, you know? When I landed on Jeremiah 31, I know what Jeremiah 31 says, but I didn't want to read first, the first verse. That's where my finger landed. I said, maybe the Holy Spirit wants me to go to the, the third verse. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with my unfailing love. Okay, I received that. Maybe, my, maybe I had a twitch. Maybe he really wanted me to be on the third verse. You know how we can get kooky with that kind of stuff, you know? It's like, Lord, give it to me. I don't like that one, but I like that one. Yeah. All right. Step four. The last page. You can go ahead and play it, Kenny. Since you're standing there. You're so faithful. <clears throat> Let's just stare at him. <laughs> yeah, you guys can just push your hands out and say, We bless you, Kenny. All right. All right, so <clears throat> number four, prepare yourself spiritually. Ask the Lord to help you. Is that, that's a good prayer. He is waiting and loves the fact that he'll get to spend more time with you. I'm serious. What father would not want to spend more time with his kids in a healthy relationship? You know, like the father loves you with a perfect love. So he's looking forward to these 21 days more than you are. Have your Bible, have a journal, have something to write with and schedule your time if you can. Because I know some of us live really busy, super busy lives. And then number five, expect results. Can we say amen? That's attaching faith to what we're going after. Remember, you are sowing as you fast and pray. Reaping might happen both during and after the fast. So we've no, we have seen breakthrough happen the first week. Like we have seen people fast and pray for three days and that family member gets saved. Like they have a visitation, they have an encounter. We've had people where their prayers haven't been answered for a whole year, but they've sowed into the 21 days. Does that make sense? So we want to believe for immediate breakthrough, but we know that we're sowing to heaven and we're connecting with our Father. Number two, the goal is to delight yourself in God. Draw near by giving more to him and pressing in for the greater. Pressing in for the greater. My prayer for all of us, and I'm, I'm on board. I get excited reading this, you know, it's like, I can't wait. Honestly, I can't wait. I, I am looking forward to this. I love to just, I know I could be weird sometimes, Sometimes I don't mind going into the desert with Jesus and we just, ah, you know, like we're just connected. I'd rather go into a, I don't know, something other than a desert, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to say buffet, but that's not, that's not good to say that. But I, I, I do appreciate the times where I can just, I, and I'm doing it with all of you and we're doing it all together. And there's power in that. So when we have our spiritual family fasting and praying for 21 days. That super encourages me. And I know we're corporately going after this, but I want to come into agreement with what you're going after. So I would encourage you, if you're married, if you have really close friends, or if you want to share that with somebody, maybe um, in our e-groups this month, maybe that's a point where we just kind of share if we feel that. Some of it's extremely personal. We can't. And that's totally okay. But they might have somebody who could just say, hey, can you partner with me on this 21-day journey? I really want to see breakthrough here. I really want to see my life change here. Amen. Let's stand together. Are you guys excited? I hope you're excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. So next week, we're going to talk about Be the Change in Your Life. And um, I have no idea where the meeting is going to go next week. I have, an, I have an idea, but like, I don't know. It can get pretty wild and crazy in a good way when you have people who are fasting and praying together. It's kind of like an Acts 2 reality. They just, they prayed, and then Holy Spirit showed up. And so I'm believing for that, that all of our, all of our lives will be encountered. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. For more messages like this, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. God bless.